Hi, I'm Julie McCullough, and I'm on on screen and beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready, we're going to step into the world of entertainment once again on On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 635 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Julie McCullough is going to be joining us. Now, Julie has been in a lot of different things. She was on The Golden Girls an episode and she was in Sharknado she was on the Drew Carey show she was in Growing Pains a lot of people know her from that one and she will be at the Behind the Golden Curtain event that is going to celebrate the Golden Girls show and uh, that is happening May 26th through the 28th it's coming up quick that is at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California it's coming up so get ready go to BehindTheGoldenCurtain.com to find out more information about getting tickets and going to the parties and having fun and all sorts of stuff be sure to check that out so Julie is coming up in a few minutes going to have a lot of fun talking with her and uh, also I want to thank everybody who has been sending different emails and uh, voice messages and everything to me. Uh, we enjoy those, and I thank you so much for doing that. If you want to send a voice message, a lot of different ways you can do that. Uh, you, you know, you can go to, uh, if you click on our link, to uh, go to uh, where we have it uh, posted on Spotify. They have a link that says send a voice message, and you can do it that way. Or you can just record it on your phone or something, and then take that file and email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And, uh, you know, if you just want to chat, you can do it. Or if you uh, want to turn around and, uh, you know, ask a question, make a suggestion for somebody to be on the show, we uh, encourage that. And I thank you for doing it. And uh, we, uh, you know, just have to uh, send it to me. And uh, that's, uh, we may use it on the show. Who knows? But uh, anyways, uh, also, if you leave a review for whatever podcast provider you're on, that helps us a lot. You know, make sure that more people hear about On Screen and Beyond so we can get more people on the show. It's a, it's a game. You know, you're going to have a lot of people listening in order to get these great guests who are coming on the show. And uh, we can do that by expanding the number of listeners we have. So I hope you'll do that and help us out and, uh, you know, just see if we can get some more. All right, we've got some things coming up, and uh, I know I'm going to mess up the names of the people who are in these roles that are coming up, so excuse me for that, but I'll try to get through them. It probably won't be the right pronunciation of the names, but I uh, <laughs> hope we'll get through it. Anyways, remakes, sequels, and prequels are coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake, sequels, and prequels. Louis Cavalco, hopefully I said that right, will not redo her role as Moana in the live-action remake from Disney. She voiced the original character in the originally animated film Moana. And it looks like Paddington in Peru will be the third film in the Bay of Franchise. And the Gladiator sequel keeps adding more and more cast members. Moon Knight's May Calamar is now on board. And White Lotus's Fred Heckinger is in talks to join the cast also. Keep you informed as we hear more. And that is it for upcoming remakes, prequels, and sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. 
Upcoming new movies, well, it looks like Rachel Brosnahan, Mrs. Maisel, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne will join Rami Malek in the thriller called Amateur. And Jenna Malone, Terrence Howard, and Christopher Lloyd will star in a supernatural thriller called The Movers. And you can look for Ben Kingsley, Sophia Butella, and David Batista in an action comedy called The Killer's Game. And let's see, that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as movies and TV on DVD and streaming? Holy interviews! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from TV's Batman. I'm on On Screen and Beyond. Wowie zowie to the Batmobile. Movies on TV and DVD and streaming. It looks like on July 25th, the 30th anniversary of So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers lands on 4K for the first time. And Monday, July 24th, you can look for a new season of Futurama on Hulu. And 65 with Adam Driver comes to 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD on May 30th. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, it looks like The Librarians, remember that show? Uh, not that long ago, it will get a spinoff called The Librarians, The Next Chapter on The CW. And wrestling legend, superstar Billy Graham has passed away at the age of 79. And also, this past week, NFL legend and actor in the Dirty Dozen, James Brown, has passed away. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk with Julie McCullough, who a lot of people remember from Growing Pains. She was also uh, on an episode of The Golden Girls, so she will be at the Behind the Golden Curtain Events coming up May 26th through the 28th at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. She was also in Sharknado, the first one, and the Drew Carey Show, and just on and on. A lot of good stuff. Julie McCuller, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. guest on On Screen and Beyond has been on The Golden Girls, Sharknado, Pacific Blue, The Drew Carey Show, Robin's Hoods, The Blob, and On Growing Pains. And on May 26th through the 28th, she will be at Behind the Golden Curtain at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. It's Julie McCollum. Julie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you so much. I love your voice. <laughs> I know you got to hear this all the time. Do people tell you how sexy that voice is? Like, well, they haven't said that, no. <laughs> it's like you have the, like, the perfect radio announcer, podcast announcing voice ever. It's so <laughs> awesome. It's just so perfect. And like the meat of your voice. It's like every, every movie star, actor, you know, who does radio and TV and always wants that voice. Anyway. Uh I don't know. I, I don't hear that, but okay. I, I believe you. <laughs> uh, well, Julie, you know, I, you're going to be at the uh, the event, the Behind the Golden Curtain. 
when you did the Golden Girls, was that before or after you were on Growing Pades or during? It was actually um, my first show after um, Growing Pains. Um, I did the Golden Girls, and then I wound up doing Beverly Hills 90210 around that same time as well. And that was just just after. Because Growing Pains, the, you know, for, for me, it was not a real comfortable set because uh, Kurt Cameron had become born-again Christian, and with his particular religious sect of Christianity, he didn't want me on the show because I had been in Playboy. And so it was very uncomfortable my last few episodes on on the set. And when I went over to do the Golden Girls, they were so loving and embracing and such a happy-go-lucky set that the joy that radiated off of that set, I all I kept thinking was like, oh, wow, I guess this is what it's supposed to be like on a sitcom set. You know? huh. I had no idea how happy sets could be until I went there, you know? Yeah. It was such a night and day difference as far as the personalities um, of people. I'm sure a lot of people relate to that when you go from one job to the next job and one job may be miserable and the mm-hmm. next job, everybody is so personable and happy and joy- joyous. And when you arrive and you get that embraced feeling, it's such an amazing thing, and they were wonderful to me. Yeah. Now, do you remember uh, that episode, or did you have to, you know, because everybody I've talked to that's going to be at the Behind the Golden Curtain that was a guest on the show said they had to go back and watch it because they haven't seen it for, you know, 20 years or whatever it's been. <laughs> I I just, the only reason I've seen it um, is because, Every now and then, you know, because Golden Girls runs so much on television, and my episode airs a lot. Oh, really? And so I've just happened to catch mine. I haven't actually gone to actually look at an episode, but I've, I've seen it more by accident. <laughs> it's on TV so much. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yes, I, I recall a lot of it. Yeah. So uh, what was your part in that in that show? Do you, do you know? I played a pregnant teenager who lived next door. I get knocked up. I go over uh, to visit them, and my dad had kicked me out because I'd gotten knocked up. And they took me in, and I spent the night with them, and I, I slept in in uh, in B. Arthur's room. And so a lot of my scenes were with her. I had a scene with all the gals, you know, coming and going. Mm-hmm. And my daddy comes over, and they give him a talking to, and then we bond back together, and I, I leave on a happy note, thankfully. Yeah. But it touched that a lot of people weren't touching on at that time, which was teenage pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's funny how a comedy like that will will delve into serious issues, uh, but but still keep it light so, you know, they don't lose what, you know, like MASH did that too. They they had mm-hmm. a lot of different things like that. And uh, it's it, it's just, it's, it's nice that they do that. Um, yes, yeah. so too. Master was one of my favorite TV series growing up. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Now, was there any of the people, the of the the ladies of the Golden Girls, that uh, was most memorable to you, or or were you in awe of being with them, working with them? How did that How did that come about? Uh, of course, because well, I'd grown up watching Maud as well. I always mm-hmm. loved Maud, and. Um, and then, of course, Betty White, you know, she's on freaking everything. Yes. <laughs> she was on everything. She was on so many shows over the years. 
so you know those are the types of shows that I watched growing up so for me they you know I was kind of a fan myself I'm like fangirl when I go to these autograph conventions when I was younger I would see every celebrity you know from my years of watching tv and of course they were part of that of my television youth so when I was doing my scenes with B. Arthur and I'm laying there in the bed and I'm looking at her, I kept thinking to myself, and then there's mom. <laughs> I know that I have the same thing every time I see her. It's, you know, because that's what I associate more with. And she was really not that unlike her character for Maude, you know, just, just that brassy, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, forthright, you know, uh, you know, say anything, you know, coming out of her mouth. Even for Maude was way ahead of its time, you know, oh, for yeah. brass that strong of a woman and to say anything that was kind of ahead of its time too. So I don't think her character was unlike that character. I mean, it was so similar yeah. in a lot. Of so of course she was very much like, but she was really sweet and friendly and people were like, Oh, well, she was very stoic. She didn't talk. She talked to me on the set. They all talked <laughs> to me on this. They were very friendly and people always asked me the question, Oh, were they getting along? I heard they weren't getting they were getting along fine. I literally, everybody was so friendly and chatty. There was, didn't, if they had any issues, you did not see it. I did not see it as a guest coming on that show. Yeah. They were very bracing. They knew I did comedy. Um, cause I was, you know, at the improv a lot of time back then. And I, I do stand up comedy and they, I was traveling with a magic comedy troupe back then. And, so they knew I did that, and you know they ask you questions, you know, when you're sitting around off camera, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm, I'm I go to the improv every week, you know, I'm there, and I got together with this group of people, and we performed the old vaudeville circuit, and and so they were all interested in that, and they thought it was awesome that I was doing comedy, you know, and, and so I just thought that was such a great thing that, you know, the re- I don't know, it's like a weird respect you get for doing theater and doing comedy stand-up comedy from women that have been doing this for you know Forever. they, they pay food <laughs> so many of us you know yeah yeah huh for, for women they certainly were road pavers mm-hmm. in in the comedy world yeah now comedy uh mm-hmm. being on the road doing a, a stand-up comedy act uh, is that something that you did before you started acting, uh, you know, when you were in school or high school or anything like that, or how, how did you? No, when, when, because when I was younger, I was modeling. I was a model, and then, um, but I'm a very talkative person, and we're southern. You can't shut us up. <laughs> in our family. Um, so, but you know, you're not allowed to say anything. And so, when I started, I was modeling, and I started doing commercials, and that's how I got my acting card. You know, for. Screen Actors Guild and for uh, AFTRA because it used to be two separate unions for for actors, and so I was doing both. So I always wanted to talk. <laughs> Nobody wants you to talk if you're just a cute young girl. And then I started taking these improvisation comedy classes at the Improv Comedy Club in Los Angeles, and everybody that was in my class were stand-up comedians back then. And through that particular a group of people that were in my classes, we formed this group. It was a magic comedy troupe, and we were called Larry Wilson and the Hellhounds, Larry Wilson and the Flying Cavetties. Uh, we were just, it was a group of guys and me, 
and it was just slapstick vaudeville type type of comedy um, where it's magic, but it doesn't work, but then it works in the long run. Mm -hmm. So it more for the laughs than the magic. And I formed with that group and I traveled when toured with them for geez, nearly two decades. And then I got to the point in my thirties where my body just wasn't bouncing back from all the physical comedy. And cause you know, you get kind of tossed around on stage a lot. And so I started doing straight stand up. And I thought, I'm just going to be on stage by myself telling jokes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the comedians that started out in the business with were like, all the playmates were calling me Funny Bunny because I did this tour in my 30s as a bunny dressed in a bunny costume. It was a 50th anniversary tour for, for Playboy Company. And they sent a group of us on tour buses, and we toured around the U.S., basically just uh, – taking pictures with people while we're in the bunny outfit, signing autographs. They would set up a club like it was an old Playboy club from the 1950s. And we just, it was just a fan thing. And I was the announcer at each one of these events, announcing you know what girls were there and announcing who the sponsors were and what city we were in or state we were in, all the, the local information. And I, after a while, you just start telling, like, jokes. Sometimes they're just inside jokes with the bunnies. So I nicknamed all of them. And all of them, my nickname for it was Funny Bunny. So a lot of my comedian friends, I dragged some of the playmates out sometimes to the shows. They're like, come on, Funny Bunny, get up and introduce my show, tell a joke. So I'd get up, tell a joke, introduce the show. And then from that spawned, I wound up doing an entire routine and I just started doing stand-up full-time starting in my 30s. And I'm in my late 50s now. I'm almost 60. I'm still doing it. So I love doing comedy. I, I love it. And that's what I loved about all the women from the Golden Girls. They were all comedic women who paved the road for women like myself. Mm -hmm. And hopefully I've paved some roads for other women in the future. Yeah. Now, as far as your stand-up comedy now that you're doing – uh, is there a place that people can go to uh, find out where you'll be performing? Do you, do you have a website or a, a no, know, not anymore. No, so on my social media, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter a lot, but I don't I don't do that many shows anymore. I moved to West Virginia, and now I bought I bought a 118 year old home and. I've been in renovation, so every day is like an episode of this old house right now. <laughs> and, um, are are just, you doing it? Are you doing the renovations? I, I am, with along with my cousin and one of my friends who, who was an actress when she was younger, too, and she moved here to West Virginia as well. And so the between the three of us and with help of random cousins and whoever shows up uh, to help, we've slowly been doing a little bit, but most of the downstairs is done, but I've still got... Uh, two more floors up to do and so slowly but surely I'm getting it done so I've been doing that more lately and I just did a stand-up comedy show but I didn't announce it to the public because it was for a women in business in New York and so I just it was I just did stand-up comedy for all women and it was women in business in uh in New York State and so I was just up there doing stand-up comedy so I just get do shows. I did a show in Princeton, West Virginia for New Year's Eve, stand-up comedy. Uh, so I just do some 
sort of randoms here and there now. Mm-hmm. Not doing the the club circuit as much. I used to do a lot of the comedy clubs across the U.S. and the casinos, and here and there I'll do them, but not not as much as I was doing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Slow down on that. Now I'm doing mostly faith and family films, and so I have several movies coming out. Uh, with Dean Kane, so they're starring Dean Kane, myself, Eddie McClintock, and I have a bunch of those. Uh, Kevin Sorbo's in one of them as well. Oh, um, okay. So I have several movies coming out that I just started doing them. So I've got six of them right now, and yeah. they're not even out yet. Yeah. Um, and there you have it. So it's for JC Films. It's called JC Films Plus. They just did their own channel. And it's free, the channel is. Um, so if anybody wants to wa- watch some family films, that's it's a new channel that just started, and they're offering it free so that families will have a channel they can go to. And I'm pretty much the comic relief for a lot of those movies. I'm playing batty old ladies now and the weirdos, the clowns, the batty old aunties. Um, <laughs> I just played a drunk actress older washed up actress and one of them it was so i'm playing mostly character roles now i'm actually doing uh two movies i have two more movies coming up that both of them are in um actually one's going to be a tv series um and that one's going to be called church world and it's a comedy about a church that loses their pastor and they start interviewing for new pastors um so and all of those guys are supposed to be in that one. I mean, who knows? Because everybody's schedules change. Know, but as yeah. of right now, um, that one's supposed to have. Um, the, right now, it's listed as Lee Greenwood, uh, Dean Kane, Eddie McClintock, and Kevin Sorbo, and myself. But I'm not sure when. It, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's quite down. a cast. And so that one is going to be a TV series, a short series of several episodes, and it's basically them interviewing for new pastors and it's just a straight up comedy and i'm playing an old bitty <laughs> woman <laughs> once again <clears throat> i know i keep playing being cast as the old bitty character funny ladies you'll never be an old but bitty <laughs> you could never be an old bitty <laughs> i'm like a snarky you know <laughs> a snarky character pretty much the betty white of <laughs> Pretty much cross between, just put cross between Betty White and, and B. Arthur. Right. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But I'm Southern, so I guess I'm more like, uh, more like the Southern, you know, version of them. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. More like the Rue McClanahan in that sense. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But yep. I'm I'm playing a lot of old ladies, so I'm kind of like a Stel Getty in that point too, because <laughs> I keep getting cast as characters even older than I am. Right. So. Yeah. Huh. Hi, this is Damon Wilson. You remember me as Lamont from Sanford and Son. And I want you to listen to a very, very important broadcast on screen and beyond with Brian. He is the man. And you have a history. You've been in two of the Sharknado movies, right? I have. One, the very first one, I play a reporter, Johnny Waves. And you only you hear my voice throughout the whole movie. In the beginning, um, you hear my voice on the TV and on the radio and and all of that. You always hear my voice. And then later, um, my uh, one scene that you see me in, 
uh, get eaten by the shark coming out of the tornado because it can happen. And um, and I'm on the TV when they're in the old folks' home, and I'm reporting. I'm soaking wet, so it's kind of hard to even recognize me. I'm supposed to be out in bad weather. Um, that's the first one. And then we did a parody of it. And the parody the producers decided to do is called Sharknado, Heart of Sharkness. Mm-hmm. And Heart of Sharkness, uh, basically it's interviews with some scenes, and it's supposed to be about the first Sharknado movie um, that uh, didn't get made because of um, the um, uh, director gets eaten by a shark. And so it's just a straight-up parody, kind of along the lines of... Um, uh, best in show, you know, where, where right. it's like we're interviewed and then you see a scene and we're interviewed and that one's, that one is called Heart of Sharkness. It's just a parody. Yeah. And I'm the, one of the main stars of that one, of yeah. the parody. Well, it's funny so how a, a movie like that, you know, so, so far-fetched, so crazy, so oddball became such a sensation. It's, it's incredible. Isn't that crazy? That, Something called Sharknado would wind up being a massive hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. And then oh, everybody no. everybody wanted to be on it. I mean, you know. Yes, everybody wanted to be in it. It was such a, a comedy thing. They originally were doing all these parodies. You know, gigantic snake versus gigantic yes uh, <laughs> gator. You know that type. They were doing those types of parody movies from the 1950s style, mm-hmm. you know, where they're so ridiculous and they're stupid and, you know, so unrealistic. And it just, but that one was the one that hit. Yep. It's like they had been doing them for a while, the company. And then that one, then everybody kind of got on board with realizing how stupid funny these movies were. Yeah. And <laughs> well, even uh, Mark Cuban, uh, from mm-hmm. Shark, Shark Tank and everything, he made an yep. appearance on there. He was a guest here on my show. Uh, oh, oh this he past, was. Yeah, this past year. Okay, and hey, uh, so you'll appreciate this. Yeah, Mark at our we had like a little Sharknado party for one of the Sharknado movies, mm-hmm. and so I think it was the second or the third one. I can't remember now. We had like a whole red carpet thing, and he came to that one because he was in mm-hmm. in that which, whichever one he was in. Yeah. So. We were, there was a group of us actors that some of us had been in the first one, and then we had just done the parody, and then we were like little groupies. We all wanted to meet Mark. <laughs> there. He was the one person we wanted to meet. So we all kind of surrounded him. Hi. Hi, we're in Sharknado, too. We're in one of the Sharknados as well. I felt like we were like kids or something. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He's, he was really nice. We were stalking him out at the party because we all went to meet him. <laughs> I'm such a Shark Tank fan. I'm not, not because of his sports and related and all his fame business-wise. I just wanted to meet him because I like Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... And it was perfect that he, you know, somebody from Shark Tank would be in Sharknado. Right. <laughs> I, I think that's where the, the, you know, the connection was that they said, hey, let's get Mark. <laughs> Most giggles, I swear, you know, that I've had in a long time on sh- something on shows. Yeah. Now, like, there's certain things, you know, in my career that I always got big laughs out of. I love being on the Golden Girls. They hands down were my favorite cast. Um, uh, my very first sitcom that I ever did was Who's the Boss? And Tony Danza was so 
so wonderful and so nice to me. Um, it really helped me a lot. Uh, pulled me to the side and like explained how the cameras all worked, you know, to me. So it was just that was extraordinary, and I I'm so grateful. And I finally I saw him today. I was in a restaurant, and he was sitting up at the bar, and I walked over and I told him, I, said, I don't know if you remember me, but I guest starred on your show, and you helped me a lot with the cameras. And anyway, I don't even just just like I don't even know how to explain how what a gift that was and how that he was so nice to take me and show me each camera and what they did and when they're on you and how to know when they're on you because the lights come on and which one's getting your close-up and told you know told me not to rock back and forth and it was just a really great little quick lesson and he did it so 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 politely not in front of everybody he just yeah. kind of pulled me to the side and said okay this is how this works he knew i was new hmm. and so i try to do that now whenever i know somebody's new if i see that they need a little help with something i do the same thing and i learned that from him so i'm always that always think of that i always think of the golden girls and they were so lovely to me and i always think about hey uh drew carey show yeah. Love Drew Carey because that was first time in a long time that I'd gotten to really like just play myself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Southern country. I played the hillbilly neighbor who lived next door who was always hitting on them. Um, it was just fun. And then I did an episode of a show that not a lot of people know, but um, sci fans knew it. Sci fi fans knew it. It was a, a show um, about. It's kind of like Batman and Robin, and it was called The Black Scorpion. Mm -hmm. Yep. That show, they had a lot of the characters from Batman. And so most of my scenes in my particular episode were with Adam West. And in the scene, he calls me a supervillain. And I was literally looking at him while he's calling me supervillain. I was like, I've made it. I've actually made it. <laughs> Batman yeah. is calling me a supervillain. Right. I, that's all I kept thinking. I was like, I made it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, Julie, we got to finish up here, but uh, I want to uh, finish up with one final question. But I want sure. I want people to know that on May 26th through the 28th, you will be at Behind the Golden Curtain, and that's at the uh, Rinda Theater in Rinda, California. It celebrates the show The Golden Girls. You will be there with a whole bunch of other people. It's going to be a lot of fun, so they should be sure to check it out. I'm so excited, and I heard the Golden Gays are performing. Mm -hmm. And if you have not seen the Golden Gays, I highly recommend just come to the show, even if it's just to see the Golden Gays. They're fabulous. I saw them in Chicago. They're so good. So if you can and you're a big Golden Girls fan, come on out. Because those, those types of conventions and shows when it's specific to a TV show are so much fun. People come dressed up as the characters. You can come dressed up as your favorite character. They have costume contests. Um, you can take pictures a lot of times uh, with stuff that was actually from the show. The writers from the show are going to be there. The producers from the show are going to be there. So please come out. If you are on that end of the country or you decide you want to come out, you're going to have a good time. And uh, the final question is, when you sit back and relax, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Um, that I was in or nope, that? <laughs> that you enjoy watching. What, what are you watching? 
Okay. Um, well, I have a few favorite shows. So I love Schitt's Creek. Totally my kind of humor. Mm -hmm. um, there's a show uh, from New Zealand that was called The Almighty Johnsons. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked uh, The Boys TV series, um, which was really good. Anti-superheroes. Um, and uh, um, oh, The Handmaid's Tale is the big drama that I like to watch. And um, like so many people, I, you know, love fire and ice, you know, the Game of Thrones. <laughs> it was like, woo. And so those are my kind of, I like a lot of British humor. So as far as comedy shows and drama shows, I really like a lot of the British shows and the Australian shows and New Zealand shows. So if you haven't seen the Almighty Johnsons, highly recommend it. And if you haven't seen Shit's Creek, you are going to laugh and laugh and laugh. My mother laughed so hard when she watched that first episode, and then she couldn't stop watching it. So it's totally worth watching. All right. And, uh, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. And uh, people should be sure to check you out and meet you at the Behind the Golden Curtain event in Orinda, California, and the Orinda Theater on May 26th through the 28th. And thank you so much for, for sharing with us. And thanks so much for having me. And we want to thank Julie McCullough for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun talking with her. And there were so many other things I wanted to talk to her about. But uh, unfortunately, I just didn't have enough time. And uh, we also uh, you know, had another interview coming up, which will be coming up in the next couple of weeks right here at On Screen and Beyond. So get ready for that as we settle back after all the interviews we've had for the Behind the Golden Curtain event. Uh, we're going to get back into our regular weekly routine here uh, as we shake things out and, uh, you know, sort of not taking breaks, but uh, just getting back to normal. <laughs> All right. So I uh, want to thank you for listening to On Screen and Beyond. So, so nice to have you here with us. And uh, those of you that are here new, welcome. And uh, those of you who've been here for a long time, and some of you probably have even been here the whole 16 years. So uh, we appreciate you being here and uh, love hearing from you. Feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Uh, you can try on the uh, social medias. I'm not so great on those because um, I just, you know, don't have much time. I'm not on them a lot, but uh, I will do my best to get back to you if I can. And uh, we uh, thank you for sharing with us whatever you have to tell us. So, that's it. That is a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.